You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Another LSU National Championship. Jello down. Also, an around the horn down. investigation into Connor McDavid's fifth place MVP votes. A mute button examination into Victor Wembayama's photo op shoot around. Mm. And an exploration into Dominic Smith's flip to the first baseman when he was the first baseman. Nobody was there, Dom. His heart was in the right place. Love this one. He did have one. Though. By the way, where were Jackie McMullen and Bob Ryan on the day of that vote? Bobby McDavid vote? You think it's a Boston reporter? I have news for you. We'll get to that in a second. It's not what you think. <laughs> we start with Portland Trailblazers GM Joe Cronin indicating there's been great dialogue and commitment to building a future with Damian Lillard. He released a statement saying, great dialogue, commitment to the future. We're going on days, months, and really years here, and the suspense is terrible. I hope it'll last. Something we say in this program, courtesy of Willy Wonka for some, and Oscar Wilde for the reels, but in this case, it's it's true, and, and do we really mean it? George, what's the latest here have you thinking on the future between Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers, or maybe somewhere else, and I know you're about to say Miami. Please, go ahead. <laughs> Let's start with the fact that Tony, he can't be traded officially until July 9th, which is a year after he signed the most recent extension. So there is a path here and some wiggle room to potentially get something done still. Now, I know Cronin said what he said yesterday, but if we're being honest with each other, Dame Lillard has clearly shown a propensity to be very loyal to Portland, giving them every last opportunity to build a winner around him. So what I'm saying is Dame and his agent are probably being the good soldier here and telling them, okay, you can say this publicly because if not, it would nuke any leverage that you have in this right. particular scenario. Because if they come out and say, hey, we're going to break up, then that means Miami or Brooklyn or whoever would trade nothing, basically, for Dame. So I still think Dame gets traded, if I had to guess. And I still think if it's going to be somewhere, it's going to be Miami because that gives him the best chance to win a championship, unlike Brooklyn or some of the other teams that may be in the middle. Harry Lyles Jr., your view of this. So I believe Joe Cronin, he is right. They are building a winner around Dame. However, the timeliness of this is a huge X factor. And whether or not he's actually mm -hmm. going to be there is that particular thing. Because, yes, you have a young core. You've got Scoot Henderson. You've got Shaden Sharp. You've got Anthony Simons. But is Dame Lillard going to be there to mentor those guys? And he, is he even going to be there long enough to see the benefit of that, which probably not? The other side of this, conversely, is do you trade some of those young guys to help get you a piece for Damian Lillard to try to win now when you're probably not one piece away? That's also a big piece of this. So because of that, to me, it seems like the best thing for everybody involved here is to move on. If you're the trailblazers, you've already got to start on a new young core. You can trade Damian Lillard and still get something out of him and also reward Dame by sending him somewhere where he can go win a championship and reward him for that loyalty that he's given you for all these years when you haven't really given him much. 
And you say all that while rocking a background that kind of looks like the Trailblazers here. With the red <laughs> it does. Uh, Justin Tinsley. We know Portland loves Dame, and we know Dame loves Portland. But honestly, is love enough in this case? And only Dame can answer that. This is his career. He's coming off a season where he averaged 32 points a game, shot a career-high field goal percentage, and they, they, they were still 16 games under 500. But I look at some historical context with this, Tony. Go back to May 2010. The, the Celtics had just beaten LeBron's Cavaliers, and Kevin Garnett was asked about LeBron's impending free agents. Yeah, he was really introspective about his own career. Kevin Garnett said, sometimes loyalty can hurt you. And, and if I knew then what I know now, I would have got out sooner. So when I look at Dame, no one can be mad at him either way, which way he decides to go, but he's had, he has to give an answer. And I think at some point this summer, we will get the definitive and conclusive answer whether Dame is going to stay in Portland or whether he's going to South Beach or elsewhere. Pablo Torre? See, I don't have to be mad about this. I don't have to feel mad towards Dame. But can I just be exhausted and irritated by the fact that this relationship, Tony, this broken relationship is so obviously broken in a way that everybody outside of it knows that. Everybody but Joe Cronin and Dame Lillard want to say the obvious aloud, which is that Joe Cronin does not believe that Dame Lillard is good enough to build around in the present, not with the context that they have. That's why they drafted Scoot Henderson instead of trading the number three pick. That's why they traded CJ McCollum. That's why Anthony Simons is probably on the way out too. And so the reality is Dame Lillard has been crafting, yes, and I'm going to I'm going to tread towards a banned word here, Tony, but he is telling a story. Some might call it a narrative. Oh, well, it's okay. But, but I'm saying it, it's the only appropriate word. He has a story. He tells the world about himself. I'm the loyal guy. It's me. I'm not going anywhere. But he also realizes that the people there at home don't actually think he's all that. And so what he's doing now is trying to stop his feet and say, I might break up with you, even though we all know he does not have the courage of his convictions because this has been going on for 18 straight months since Joe Cronin took over the job in, in Portland. And we're tired. A little, a little tired. <laughs> I mean, the story has become an unending cliche, so maybe you should be allowed to use a, a cliched bad word in it. Uh, George, you think Miami's the destination? Talk to me. What is it going to take? Uh, Tony, if they can figure out who wants to break up with who and who wants to be the bad guy, to Pablo's point, I think that it, it would be centered for Miami around Tyler Hero, I would imagine, because I, I agree with Pablo that Simons is probably going to get shipped off anyway in that scenario. So it would be Scoot, Hero, and Sharp would be kind of your young core. Uh, sure. Kyle Lowry would probably make the salaries work, particularly if Portland wants to dump Yusuf Nurkic, who has two more years left on his deal at about $35 million, about 18, 17, 18 million apiece in those particular years. So then you need Lowry's salary. And my guess is that Caleb Martin, who showed a lot this postseason, Ooh. will be a young player that they would want. And his contract is less than $7 million a year for the next two seasons, about $14 million for the next Caleb two seasons. Caleb Martin, Plus a very valuable player for a team that just made a run to the finals. Yeah. Plus all the picks, Tony, all the picks, Miami's picks, four, whatever it is, the, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've only got two more weeks until a potential deadline here, or maybe we've got another five years of our lives to talk about this. We've been horrible. We'll move on. LSU's national championship now. 18 runs last night to win it. Just destroying Florida out of the gate. A week of must-win games for this LSU team. Some flat-out untouchable pitching in some of them. Some Crank City home runs in others. 
And then they responded from the 24 runs they allowed Sunday, what could have been just rock bottom part of their season. They responded to win a national title. A lot of exclamation points there, Harry. What does this LSU championship mean, and what will you remember most? I mean, Tony, for all of the dominant runs that we've seen, this is certainly one of them. They were good throughout the regular season. We saw a lot of it, obviously, during this postseason. But for you to give up three touchdowns worth of runs in game two and then come back around, score 18 of your own and win by 14, the mental toughness, we often forget these college athletes are 18 to 22 years old. To have that mental toughness to stick that out and respond in such a way to win the national championship is big. And also hats off to the LSU athletic department. Not only did you get this baseball championship, you won the women's basketball championship in a year that it was supposed to be South Carolina's guaranteed year. And you somehow won the SEC West in football last year. That's a pretty good six or seven months you just had. Justin Sinsley. Well, Tony, from the creator of the 2-1 run rule, I have the three markings of an all-time <laughs> team. One, you got to win the title, and, and they just did so okay. with the largest margin of victory ever. Two, you got to dominate all season, and they did that, including being the top two seeds in the actual tournament. Yep. And three, you have to have generational talent. They likely have the top two picks in the draft. Tommy, Tommy White uh, was tied for first in RBIs, and they have more prospect value on this team than six Major League Baseball front, uh, farm systems, the entire farm systems. So they're an all-time great team. And one of the things I really loved about last night, they shouted out Angel Reese. They did this. They said, ring me. And guess what? They, they're getting a ring. Brilliant, Justin Tinsley. Dr. Tinsley, I should say. Three. <laughs> Thank excuse you. Excuse me. Three rules three. to being an all-time team. Pablo Torre, we go to you. I just fear that Dr. Tinsley is getting very close to Dr. Adande in the whole, you got to be good to be really good <laughs> test. You're good or not. Like, yeah, I think all of those are good things about good You teams. never want to go full Dr. Adande. Will, yes, all right. Uh, good you point. never want to go full Dr. Adande. But I do want to go full Paul Skeens on this, Tony. The guy is going to be the number one pick, their pitcher. He was throwing 100 miles an hour on pitch 124, I believe. He is that sort of like psychopath in the locker room in the clubhouse who is just yelling at everybody about how much harder he works than them, which is both horrifying as a normal person, but exactly what I want to monitor as he gets to the big leagues and ends up being, yes, in that one-two top of the draft pick that apparently makes you one of the best teams hey, of all time. George Dr. Tinsley. Thank you. Tony. I think that when you look at this team, look, the top two seeds, beating them obviously is incredible. Also, one thing that hasn't been mentioned, taking advantage of the transfer portal. They had one of the best players available uh, to them through the NIL process and the transfer portal, and that hasn't been mentioned. It's their seventh championship. It breaks a tie with Texas. They're number two now behind USC, who has 12. And then from a conference perspective, you know the SEC loves to tout the SEC. So it is now their ninth championship uh, in 14 uh, years for the SEC. SEC. Yep. And then their fans setting records for supporting food banks locally at Rocco's <laughs> with the jello shots. We heard so much of that story going on. Oh, yeah. Clint Yates has been covering this tournament for us was in Omaha this week and he said Omaha has so many LSU fans there both from LSU but also just in Nebraska because they're so competitive every year at this tournament it's great to see taking a break here coming up Connor McDavid the near unanimous MVP but somebody voted him fifth that's more insulting than not voting him at all by accident we'll be back by ourselves next <laughs> around the horn is presented by Corona please drink responsibly Part of Happy Hour. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Chase. Connor McDavid joining an incredible list last night with his third Hart Trophy league MVP. It's eight other players, the greatest of the greats who have three. McDavid is the ninth, so that's where he already is, that rarefied air. The vote near unanimous, 195 first place votes, zero second, zero third, zero fourth, one fifth place vote. It could be deduced. The only person to get another first place vote was Boston's David Pasternick. So whoever voted Pasta first voted McDavid fifth. And now PHWA revealing all ballots as they do for transparency. Seth Rorabaugh, the voter, Penguins writer for Pittsburgh Tribune Sports. George, buy or sell that. And buy or sell that this third heart trophy makes you think a cup has to be next for McDavid. Tony, I'm selling both, okay? Reality is this guy scored more points than anyone has in years, so I don't get voting him fifth. I don't even understand that. And then secondly, this is an individual award, not a team award, okay? The fact that he hasn't won a cup is a team failure, not an individual failure. Pablo Torre? Yeah, I want to sell the voting specifically, Tony, because I don't know if uh, Seth has noticed, but like people are trying to like, find reasons for journalists to not vote for these awards anymore. And I think it's amazing that sports has this system, unlike politics, unlike anything else, where we matter in a real way, as long as you don't make a farce of the very right that you got. So have a take, have a column defending it, but to be silent and to put him fifth, I mean, come so on, man. You think fifth is a farce, right? I was making my own it opinion. Is, it has fifth to be is a like, farce. oh, it's more insulting than, oh, I yeah. forgot him, right? You remembered enough to put him in an indefensible position. That is insane. Justin Tisley. Yeah, I'm selling the idea that the lack of a ring may devalue this MVP award. This is the first dude to lead the NHL in points, goals, and assists since Wayne Gretzky did it the year that I was born in 1986. Individually-wise, he's up there with the all-time greats. And if you ask Connor McDavid, nobody wants Lord Stanley more than Connor McDavid right now. Ira Lyles Jr. Of course. Tony, I'm buying that this means he's going to get a Stanley Cup. He's only the fifth player to win the Hart Trophy three times in his first 
eight years, Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Clark, Bobby Orr, and Alex Ovechkin, who did not get his first until after those eight years. So I think Connor McDavid, I don't even think he's going to just get one. I think he's going to get multiple. So, so that, you're right. That's the list of those, those greats. Ovechkin is the one outlier who hadn't won a ring while getting the, the three, and he got it. You know, some years later. We'll move on. Victor Wemanyama, the video of him going around shooting and missing what looked like 10 shots in a row. That was from his photo op. I think you people could just let it go, all right? He was getting ready to go out to dinner with Tim Duncan in those spelunking shoes Tim Duncan wore. But the news here for Wemanyama this week, he's saying no to Team Fred. You see? Spelunking shoes right there. Team Fred. He will not play at the FIBA World Cup. He told the French newspaper L'Equipe it's frustrating to him, too, but he has to choose for himself and it's about overusage, health, and development. Harry, buy or sell Wamanyama saying no to France. Tony, I'm buying it because he's saying no now so he can say yes and help them more later. They have the Paris Olympics in 2024. If he is burned out by the time they get there, what good is it, right? If you have the Olympics on your home floor, I think that's good. So to me, that's the big piece of this. The other funny part of this really quickly, the FIBA World Cup moved back a year because they did not want to play the same year as the FIFA World Cup to separate the two since those acronyms are so similar. Unfortunately, this is the result that you get because of that. Mm. Justin Tinsley. I 1,000% buy this. There's no need to front load and back load this guy with basketball. He played 62 games in France. Now he's got summer league, preseason, regular season, maybe the playoffs, and then definitely the Olympics. If, if something has to be cut, I would prefer it to be FIBA. And if you're France, I'd much rather wait till next summer when I can get Wimbiama and maybe possibly Joel Embiid as well. All right. So hold on, I get the whole notion of the Spurs getting load management more than any other team has in NBA history. But Tony, if I can be an ancestral homer here a little bit, a total hypocrite from the previous segment, which I was calling for in journalistic impartiality. The FIBA World Cup is happening in Manila, Philippines. If I can just plead to Victor Wembanyama, <laughs> you will not find a country that is more obsessed with your sport than the Philippines. Just go and hang out. I guarantee that you will enjoy your time there. George Zanna. Tony, this guy was literally playing basketball the week leading into the draft. He has played a lot of basketball recently, and it is also more important for his future and the NBA's future, his new employer, if he plays even cursory minutes in Summer League in both Sacramento and in Las Vegas. It's better for everyone in that regard. Team France will qualify no matter what, and he'll be ready for the Olympics. Buy or sell three. Football. Hard knocks. Reportedly, nobody wants to do it. Allegedly, the league can make somebody do it. One of those teams is the Jets. Pro Football Talk's Mike Flora reporting the Jets are bracing for it. Pablo, buy or sell the NFL forcing a team to do hard knocks and buy or sell being the Jets this year. So I buy their right to make content. I buy their right to prioritize entertainment. But I sell the Jets just because I'm already exhausted by how much Aaron Rodgers is going to complain about this for the entire season. I am already so tired of him complaining about the media invading his privacy. Okay, all right, and, and he's tired of you complaining about him complaining. Justin Tinsley. I never knew asking the team to do hard knocks was the equivalent of asking somebody to help you move. But in this case, I buy it. Aaron Rodgers annoyed in New York? They're, they're the best possible option of all the options that the NFL realistically has this season. Tony, I'm buying the Jets being annoyed with it, having talked to a college football head coach that had a camera crew follow them all of last season and how annoying they felt that was. But I'm also buying that it's going to be great for us. It's going to be the most entertaining thing that we're going to see because the Jets have had not, not had more pressure than they will going into this year, and we get to watch it. 
so, Tony, I normally sell like a league forcing a team to do anything, but if we've got dark retreats and ayahuasca shots, I want to see all the jets and all the hard knocks. Give me that dark <laughs> retreat all day long on HBO. Racing <laughs> for involuntary hard knocks. That's what Zidano and Lyle just did. Tinsley, Tori, showdown next. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Since the Pablo Torre good luck in showdown. New York Mets owner Steve Cohen tweeting today that he's called a press conference for tomorrow before the Mets play the Brewers to quote, get it from me straight, end quote. <laughs> Pablo, what are we about to get straight from Cohen? We're about to get a cell phone from the richest owner in baseball, the 48th richest man in America, a man who sits 16 games behind the Braves despite the highest payroll in anyone's ever memory of everything. Yeah, I good luck, Steve. I love everything about this, Tony. This is the most exciting thing that happened to the Mets all season, and maybe, just maybe, he's going to announce that he's trading for all of those LSU prospects because that's the only thing that can help them right now. Two good answers. We'll split the point. We'll move on. Dennis Rodman. Kelly, DJ Vlad, Larry Bird wouldn't be able to play in the modern era of the NBA. Here's what he said. Oh, hell no. There's no way he'd have to play in Europe. Justin, as you watch video of Larry Bird versus Dennis Robin, can Robin really believe Bird wouldn't make it in today's NBA? Shocking. Somebody says something incriminating in a DJ Vlad interview. No, I don't believe this. With the game and the spacing and pacing and shooting, Bird would thrive today. Tori? Yeah, Jokic was so good, Tony, that he made me reevaluate my opinions about Larry Bird, Bob Cousy, and everybody. Jokic had the lowest vertical leap ever measured on record. And he's the MVP. I think Bird might be okay, actually, in this model. We need era. to say the last two of the last three MVPs are from Europe and they're amazing players to begin with. It's not even the part. put down you think. We'll split it, we'll move on. Showdown three. More transfixing MLB play last night. Matt Vierling avoiding the tag at second with that smooth hypnotic swim move, or Dominic Smith intentionally flipping to first base. Problem, he's the first baseman, nobody was there. Pablo, what's more hypnotically transfixing? 
Oh, it's Veerling. It's the sleight of hand. That was close-up magic, Tony. That is a dad going to his daughter. What's happening to my thumb? And her being transfixed. Yes, that is Look, what that was. It was amazing. Tony, as somebody who has lost his glasses when they're on his head, the Smith video is very, very triggering. Like I, That was hypnotic, as you would say. There's a movie from a million years ago called The Matrix. One was The Matrix, the other was The Glitch in The Matrix. Point, game, FaceTime, Apollo Tor. I was talking about fatherhood and how to be a good dad and how to fool your kids into thinking you are something you are not. And it turns out Dale Earnhardt Jr. has a similar problem because he was complaining about the best dad in children's television, Bandit from the show Bluey. He complained that Bandit has set the bar too high for dads because of the imagination, the pretend, and I relate. I also find Bandit's myself falling very short to an Australian about. dog. Bandit's the best. All the time.